Um, so that put her behind with work and everything. So she's not able to be with us in-house tonight. Uh, so just pray that the cult, that both of them, that all three of them uh, have power and everything stays defrosted and everything keeps working like it needs to. Bless their hearts. I was like, why didn't they tell us till before now? But uh, they did check in with us and let us know. And so pray for provision. And uh, But... Uh, Oh, no, I, I said they didn't. I meant James and Sue. Brooke reached out to us earlier today and said, I don't have any power. i got some drama going on. I was like, okay, are you okay? She said, yeah. She's going to throw me off the time-wise. I said, okay, that's fine. And uh, so but so we just lift them up, and everything gets defrosted and worked out. And we'll uh, do our confession and pray, and we'll get into the Word tonight. Glory to God. Uh do you know if Crystal made it home and all is well as far as you know, last update? Okay, well, <laughs> no news is good news. We'll take that for sure. Well, let's do our confession tonight. This, this is, is my Bible. Bible. It, it is, is always true and the final authority. My Bible is God talking to me. I read this word daily. I meditate on this word day and night. This word is rooted and grounded in my heart. This word feeds and grows my spirit. Therefore, my flesh does not control me. I walk according to the spirit. I am a child of God. I have the mind of Christ. God's thoughts are my thoughts. God's words are my words. God's actions are my actions. I am a doer of the word. Well, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Uh, I'm going to ask that you set your expectations and pull on the anointing. Because uh, this, this tends to happen with me frequently. Um, the Lord will begin to speak to me in my sleep uh, about some different things and what have you. And... I learned from Dad Hagen that if you see yourself doing something in the spirit, just step out by faith and do it. And so early this morning, um, I, I, really before my mental brain was awake, in my spirit's eye, I, I saw myself, or heard my, I saw in, with my spiritual eye and heard myself preaching a sermon. Um, and, and I thought, man, that's really good. I remember thinking, wow, that's really good, Lord. And then when when my brain finally engaged, it just went poof. And I was like, because normally, you know, you know, I get up and make a notation or something, and it just, it just evacuated out of my brain. And I sought the Lord, and I said, Holy Ghost, bring it to my remembrance. And um, it's just not shown up just yet. I kind of have it. I, I know the direction, but I don't exactly know how to get it out. So if you'll uh, pull on the anointing with an expectation... Uh, I believe the Holy Ghost will show up. So, uh, well, let's pray. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, you, you heard my explanation. I know that your spirit was speaking to my heart this morning uh, before my brain engaged. Father, I know that you were speaking to me about our authority and understanding our position and and truly knowing and believing that you are with us and in us. But, Lord, I just, that specific scripture, that specific flow, Lord, bring it back to my remembrance. Your word says that the Holy Spirit 
will bring all things to our remembrance. So, Father, I'm just trusting you that as, as we engage tonight, as we pull on the anointing tonight, that, that that same flow that I saw in my spiritual mind this morning, Father, that it'll kick in and it'll engage, that you'll think through mine and Michael's mind, you'll speak through our lips the very oracles of God, and, Father, that you'll use our tongue as the pen of the ready writer, and, Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Well, glory to God. Let's turn to James. I'm sorry, First John. Turn to First John. Turn to First John. Back there close to Revelations. First John. Uh, chapter 4. First John 4. Verse 1, and let's begin to read. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Underline that if you don't have it underlined. Believe not every spirit. Believe not every spirit. Everything that occurs around us that seems to be spirit-based is not God. And and here, uh, John uh, says, uh, don't. You know, the beloved in Christ, when he said beloved, he's talking about the children of Christ. He said, children of God, uh, believe not every spirit. Then he tells us what to do instead. But try the spirits, whether they are of God. He said, try them. In other words, test, look at the fruit thereof, uh, discern some things, watch some things. And I am amazed at how many uh, Christians and how many ministers even don't test the spirits. Many people will say, oh, they speak Christ, that's got to be God. Oh, people are getting healed, that's got to be God. Oh, this is happening, that's happening. Oh, they know stuff, there's no possible way that they could know it, um, therefore it's God. And that's not true. The devil, um, put you in remembrance, the devil, um, before he was the devil, was Lucifer. And he was the uh, most beautiful and the most, really he was, you could, it doesn't do any harm to say he was probably one of the, the most prestigious of all of the angels in heaven. And then the Bible tells us that there was iniquity found in him. It wasn't put there by God. It was found. There was there was this thing in the material that he was made of that created him to have a pride issue. But before he got over into pride, he was the high, he was he was the chief musician. He was the high he was of a he was of an extreme high ranking uh, 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 cherubim. He was high ranking. He spent his days he spent his his time dancing and worshiping before the Lord, making music and worshiping. As he moved, and in fact, when you get over there into Ezekiel, it describes him, he was covered in all kinds of beautiful gems and diamonds. He was, it says that he was the most beautiful of all. It says that he, he even had pipes, which means that when he moved, he made music. 
It's very, very, uh, the Bible declares there in Ezekiel also that he was there with the Father God in the garden. Of, uh, in the garden. Uh, so um, Satan was there at the planting of the word. Satan knows the word. In fact, all demons know the word better than Christians know the word. I have met, I've seen it time and time again, I have met people that, uh, that are either oppressed or possessed by demons, and they can quote scripture. I mean, they can just pop it off. They can just quote it. But they have zero understanding of it. They have zero revelation of it. And we have seen when people get set free that that ability to just, to just shoot that scripture out like, like candy or like a machine gun, that that ability disappears when you cast the demons out. Why? Because they were there at the writing of the word. They know the word extremely well. They know the Bible says that Satan is, an, is able, he is able to make himself appear as an angel of light. In other words, he's able to, to make it look like, sound like, act like God. Not only can Satan do this, but all of the demons can to some measure, which is why James said, test the spirits or try the spirit. He said, try the spirits. Another way to say this is test the spirits. Rather, they are of the big G God. In other words, everything that you look at, you need to look at and say, well, is this really God? And one of the ways that you need to do this, Jesus was very clear um, in the Gospels, how to test the spirits. Look at the fruit. He was very clear. Look at the fruit. He even talked about this with the prophets. He said, don't pay attention to the prophecy. Pay attention to the fruit of the prophet. Look at their life. Look at what they're involved in. Look at what they have going on. And a big problem that we have today is there's bunches and bunches of ministers, and, and many of them even proclaim to be in the prophet's office, all over social media, all over the Internet, all over TV, all over the radio, everywhere. But you know what? You, most of them you can find out very little about. They only let you see what they want you to see. That's all they let you see. But Jesus said, check their fruit. So anytime somebody asks me about a minister or asks me about a book or anything like that, before I ever look at anything that they have written, the very first thing I do is I go look to find out what I can find out about their life. I do. That's the first step I make. The first step I take is I go find out how long have they been serving God? You'll find that most of these people, and I'm not being ugly, most of the people today that stand in these, that have gotten so many crowds, most of them came on the scene after 2006 when the last of the fathers of faith went home. So if they don't show up till 2006, 2010, 2014, that, what that tells me is that they're novice. And, and Peter and, um, and, and Timothy tells us not to put a novice in such offices. The other thing is, is um, according to what I see in the scriptures and according to what Jesus told Reverend Kenneth e. Hagin, nobody starts off in the prophet's office. 
Everybody builds up into. But you've got people stepping on the scene that claiming to be a prophet, and they've never stood in the teacher's office. They've never stood in an evangelist's office or a pastor's office. They have no ministry experience behind them. What they've done is they've gone to a school, and that school gave them a title. And I'm not saying the people are, I'm not judging the people. I'm telling you how to try the spirits. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. Look at what's happening. Let's read on. He says, because, and, and look at what he said. Here's why we need to try them. Because many false prophets are what? Gone out into the world. Gone out into the world. How much do you know we see this today? Now, now Brother Randy, uh, in one of his last meetings, was telling of uh, a minister that he heard one time that uh, was getting up on stage and calling out people's bank account numbers. Yeah. Saying that God told 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 him that they should donate to his ministry. And they, and here's the deal. They knew the bank account. They gave like the last so many digits of the bank account, the account. And exactly how much was in the account. Now, and they said, Woo, that's right, that's right, that's got to be God. I don't know, but it don't take a whole lot of wisdom to figure out they got that some kind of fishy way. They didn't get that from God because God could care less about your bank account numbers. If God, What God cares about is that you're willing to do what he tells you to do. So if now, he wants me to give into your ministry or you into my ministry, he's going to tell us personally. Personally. He doesn't he's need a third say, party hey, to do give that. give some money to, to, to their ministry. He's not going to tell some minister your bank account number. He's just no. not going to do that. Now, the devil will do it. The, believe me, familiar spirit. Yes, they could get it through hacking computers and stealing your identity and all that. Yes, they can do it that way. But there are legitimate People that are legitimately deceived by Satan, they legitimately believe that, that this information came to them from the Father God. But they are deceived because it's not the Father God, it's a familiar spirit. It's a spirit that, is, that has access to that person's family or home and has access to that information. That familiar spirit gave that minister that information. So those things can happen, but if you'll check with your spirit, because and I and I've been in I've been in services where this happens. I've seen these types of services on on different uh, communication networks. We'll put it that way. I, I've seen it, and immediately in my spirit, an alarm goes off. Immediately on the inside rises up. That's not God. So you've got to be sensitive to the spirit. He said. He said many, look at what he said. He said many false prophets. Let me say it this way. Many false teachers, many false pastors, many false evangelists, many false prophets, and many false apostles have gone out into the world. I can say it that way because of the original Greek word. We can even say it this way. Many false disciples of christ have gone out into the world people that proclaim to have a jesus but the jesus they have is a man-made jesus or a jesus of their own making so we have to be very careful he gives us a little bit of information here um, 
and, and this is why Jesus said, test everything. Well, is this what we're talking about? No. I want to talk to you about God being with you and your authority, but you need to understand why you need this knowledge that God is with you and why you have this authority. Let's read a little bit more. All right. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Um, he said, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? You need to know the voice of your shepherd. You need to get to where you go, that's God. That's not God. You need to learn how to check your spirit. Notice he said, know you not, or, or he, said, he said, hereby know the spirit of God. That know means intimately. In other words, become intimately acquainted with God. The only way you're going to become intimately acquainted with God is to spend time with him, to spend time in the word. If you'll spend time reading the word, if you'll spend time meditating on the word, if you'll spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, if you'll spend time getting still and getting quiet and don't empty your brain, Satan will fill it. But if you'll get still with God and have your mind on God but be still, then God will begin to speak to you and you will recognize his voice. There's been many a times through the years that the situation that we were in looked bad. And everything around me, including other ministers, were like, y'all need to get out. Y'all need to get out. You need to get away from that. You need to get away from it. You need to just you, you back off. And I would, and I, and, and the family, they would be like, "What are we gonna do?" And and I just looked at them and I said, "I know the voice of my God," and He said, "Stay." See, there's times that the voice of God will speak to you, and it'll contradict all common sense. Everything about your situation, God will say, "Get out! Get out! Get out!" I mean, the, every, everything about your situation will say get out. Everything about your situation will say run. Everything about your situation will say go. But on the inside, the Spirit of God will say stay. There's other times that the Spirit of God has said get out. Break off that relationship. Break off that friendship. Break that thing off. Stop watching that. Stop listening to that. Get away from that. And I'm like, but God... Everything says, this is right where I need to be. <laughs> this, is, this is the way the church is going. I'm telling you what, you, uh, some years ago, the church went through a major split. The church universal went through, the ma- through a major split, and, and churches went in two directions. 80 to 90% of churches went in the way of what uh, some people refer to as informational churches. It's the way the Lord spoke it to Brother Randy. Uh, uh, he, the Lord spoke it to Brother um, Ed Dufresne. I'm trying to recall how he said it. Wasn't informational, secular. So we're, I believe that was the word that they gave Ed Dufresne. The Lord gave Ed Dufresne was secular, meaning that the that that. These churches are going to give out good book reports. They're going to be pleasing the people. They're going to be giving, you know, basically the churches are going to give the people what they want. They're going to scratch the itching ears. They're going to do the short sermons. They're going to black out the lights. They're going to do the me, me, me music. They're going to preach 15, 20 minutes and send the people on the way. You know, they're going to get up and give a book report. 
The other churches was a revelational church, was what brother was what the Spirit told Brother Randy, um, and um, the and then I think Brother I think um, I think it was Spirit Spirit I think it was secular and Spirit is what the Lord gave with Ed Dufresne and Spirit and and those churches were going to go the way of the Spirit. Those churches were going to go into the deeper things of God. They weren't going to back away and and what have you. And we see this today. We see this very much. We see a lot of churches that have a lot of this secular stuff in it. And then we see a, a smaller group of churches that are like, I'm going on with God, and I don't care how many people don't show up. I'm going on with God. Um, and so we see this. Well, when we were in that transition, um, I, Mike, and I, Mike and I saw it ahead of time, and we were like, we can't do this. We can't go this way. In fact, our pastors were pushing us to do this stuff, and we turned off the lights for praise and worship. Derek was there through these years, and uh, we turned off the lights in the youth room for praise and worship because that was what was expected. And, uh, and, and one particular week, I, we didn't get the lights turned off, and uh, we had kind of entered into praise and worship, and one of the teenagers got my attention and said, Miss Robbie, Miss Robbie, can we turn off the light? And all of a sudden, because I had already gotten into that anointed flow, um, all of a sudden, up out of my mouth by the Spirit came, No, ma'am, you better get used to worshiping with the lights on, because there ain't no light switch in heaven. Remember that day? And I mean, it came out bold. It shocked me. I even stepped back and went, Um... Well, God has spoken. We will no longer be turning off the lights for praise and worship, despite what the pastors tell us to do, because the higher authority has spoken, and we never did from that day forward. Um, so, so this is testing. You know, this is so. So there are times that you could be that, that there's a lot of pressure to tell you to go a certain way, but on the inside, you just go, I just can't do it. There'll be other times where there'll be pressure to change on the outside, and, and on the inside you'll go, or to, I mean to stay the same. There'll be a lot of pressure to stay the same, and on the inside your spirit's going, change, change, come on, change. And how do you get there? By knowing the spirit of God. God is a spirit, and let me help you with this. You're taking notes. If you don't already have this note, you need to take it. God does not speak to your brain. God does not speak to your brain. God is a spirit, and he is going to speak to your spirit. Now, your mind can pick those things up, but God is not speaking to your mind. He is speaking to your spirit. So when, you know, so a lot of times people will say, well, this is kind of what I'm getting, and I'll ask them, is it coming from here, or is it coming up? Is it coming down, or is it coming up? And they'll stop, and they'll think, and they'll go, it's coming down it's coming from my brain that's not god and then other times i'll ask them is it coming down or coming up and they'll stop and they'll think and they go you know now that i think about it it just keeps coming up that's your spirit it's another way to know the spirit of god of course another way to know the spirit of god is it's going to line up with the word of god and that's the biggest thing does it agree with the word be a stickler for the word if you can't find it in the word don't go with it all right, let's keep reading. All right. Uh, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. I want you to underline right there, every spirit, every spirit, 
every spirit. Any person from their mouth, out of their own flesh ability, will confess Jesus. If I walked up to a person that's absolutely controlled by demons, and I walked up to them and said, if you can say, if you can utter out of your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, I'll give you $100, I guarantee you that, man, that person, man or woman, that's controlled by demons will go, in their natural flesh, is going to go, Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, if that demon has absolute control over them in that moment, if that spirit is in control, they won't be able to say that. I've had enough experience with demons to know that they despise the name of Jesus. I've had enough experience with them to know that when they, they won't say Jesus Christ, they'll say, they'll just say his name Jesus, or they'll just say Christ, and they'll say it with such hate and with, with such disdain that it's disturbing. Notice he said, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ. A demonic spirit will not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. A flesh, flesh and blood can do it all day long. But if you're but if the spirit is speaking, it's different. So most of the time this this test isn't going to work just on the person in the grocery store. He's talking about when there is a manifestation of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will always, if there's a manifestation of the Spirit and it's of God, then there's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will always point you to Jesus Christ. Will not point you to the oil, will not point you to the water, will not point you to the miracle, will not point you to, to, to God. It'll all, that spirit will always point to Jesus Christ. If that spirit, if the, if the person is built, if that demon is building up the person, you have a problem. Like Pastor Mike said, there's been ministers, we've, he, we've heard it talked about, I've seen it several times. Um, you know, they'll say, oh, if you're, I've got this bank account, or I've got this phone number, or I've got this address. They're speaking by a spirit. There's no doubt they're speaking by a spirit. Uh, but, uh, and, but, but then they'll say, so, it, you know, and he'll give this information, and he or she will give this information, and then they'll say, if you'll sow into my ministry, that's a red flag. Because it's not about sowing into his ministry. See, it's building up the man. If you'll buy our, you know, around here we had the, the Bible that produced the oil. Remember that? The Bible that produced the oil. Remember, it all became about the oil, and you could buy the vials of the oil and all that. What were they glorifying? The oil. Not Jesus. Not Jesus. So that's how you can try and test the spirit. Is is it what is it promoting? Who is it promoting? And that's what he's talking about. If it's of God, it'll always confess Jesus Christ. Whatever whatever is occurring, it will always point to Jesus. That's what this is talking about. So, so where it says every spirit in verse 2 and every spirit in verse 3, you want to underline that and pay attention that that is spirit, not flesh. Because we're talking about trying spirits. All right. Verse 3. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. 
And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Okay. Now, does that mean that that person has Satan in them? No. Antichrist simply means that it is a spirit that is against Christ. That's all Antichrist means. And if you'll notice in your Bible, um, that word spirit is actually italicized. So the original said, and this is that of Antichrist. In other words, the subject matter that we know is spirit. And, and, and when, so when you're looking, if, if the spirit that is in operation doesn't agree with Christ, then it is against Christ. Do you understand that? Amen. So if somebody is, is, you know, spewing hate, is that of Christ? That doesn't agree with the character. If somebody's spewing, oh, you don't have to repent anymore, is that of Christ? No, because Jesus came preaching repent. What about rebellion? Uh, if they're pre- preaching rebellion, is that of Christ? No, because they all wanted to rebel against Rome, and Jesus said, we're not doing that. In fact, there's a lot in the New Testament about following the law of the land. And he said, when they asked Jesus about being taxed, he said, let me see the money. And he said, whose uh, scripture is this? And they said, Caesar's. And he said, give on to Caesar what Caesar's. That's not the character of God. So, that's, so, so really we can say this. If, if it's not promoting Christ, the known subject matter is spirit. If it's not promoting Christ, then it is against Christ. Or antichrist. Or antichrist, which is, what it's, which is the terminology that they use. It's not a spirit. Uh, it's, it's just a spirit that is against Christ. Whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. So, Jesus, so here, here John said, you've heard it said that this is going to be a problem. In fact, it's already a problem even now today. How much do you know if it was a problem in Jesus' day and John's day, how much do you know it's a problem in our day? Amen. This is a big problem. But, oh, the next verse is so wonderful. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Glory to God. Circle it, underline it, box it in, do something so that you know that you know. He said this. He said, ye or you are of God. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to those that have received Jesus. You are of God. It would do you good For you to walk around all day, every day, for multiple days, maybe weeks or even a couple of months, to just walk around and say, I am of God. I am of God. I am a child. I am of God. I am of God. Little children, not only am I of God, but I'm God's child. It would do you good. See, because when we understand who we are, then when things come up against us, it'll be easier for us to stand he said you are of god little children god didn't want you to the holy spirit is helping john write this and the holy spirit didn't want you to just know your children and he didn't want you to just know that you're of god he wants you to know that you are children of god i am a child of god it do you great to say i'm a child of god i am of god but see when you say i am a child of god you miss the i am of god I am of God, one of his children. I am of God. 
See, if we understand that we are of God, when we speak in the authority of Christ, we'll stand in that authority. You know, think about... (laughs) Think about the, think about the rookie cop that just finished belt school, or BELT school, just finished cop school, just finished school, just got, just got, um, did his oath and all of that, or her oath, just did their oath, and, and they've got their badge, they've got their gun and their taser, and they've got all their gear, they've got everything. But they're really not confident in who they are as a police officer yet. How much you know, when they come up against a criminal, they're going to be like, you need to stop. They're going to be a little timid. They're going to be a little shy. Most of the time, my understanding is when you have this new rookie cop, they like to put them with some seasoned people that know kind of how to hold their own so that the rookie can learn, oh, uh, we don't back down from this? No, son, we don't back down from this. You know, no, we don't back, no, no, no. We have the authority. It's our job to make them sub, sub, come into submission of the law. When we understand that we are of God, and we understand that because we are of God and we have authority in Christ, that it's our job and our duty to make the demons that are in our realm of influence, listen, you, your realm of influence only goes so far. You've only got such a, a certain size jurisdiction. I'm not, I'm not throwing Pastor Mike under the bus at all because I've done the same thing. The other day we were driving and we were over here in, coming from Atlanta, we were close to LJ or close to, close to Blue Ridge or something, and there was a cop from Griffin County. I think it was from Griffin County. Michael said to me, he said, where's Griffin County from here? I said, it's familiar. Hold on, let me look. And I said, oh, Griffin County. I said, that's the other side of Atlanta. And he said, oh. Well, he just kind of come up on me kind of fast. I mean, I'm not doing anything wrong, but he come up on, on me kind of fast. Uh, and I was like, well, what's going on? And I noticed he's from Griffin County. And I, said, and I said, well, he said, so I was wondering where that was from. And I said, oh, it's the other side of Atlanta. He said, oh, well, he's out of his jurisdiction. He doesn't have any authority. He doesn't have any authority. That's what he said. You know, and so it kind of helped relieve the pressure because then he realized I, I didn't do anything wrong. It was just kind of a coincidence type thing. But how much, you know, the devil will do the same thing to you. The devil will do the same thing to you. If you go, I mean, you can, listen, don't go out there hunting demons just to hunt demons. Because what will happen is you will get out of your jurisdiction and they will create havoc in your life. Stay on God's territory. Stay on God's territory. If they come in your territory, I learned this from Dad Hagen. Dad Hagen said this. He said, I do not allow demons to operate in my presence. How much, you know, he knows his jurisdiction. If I can see you eye to eye, if I can see you're in my jurisdiction. So when he had people that were trying to overcome certain issues in their life and he was pastoring them, he would tell them, get around me as much as possible. And when you're around me, you won't have any problems with that demon. And they say, well, why is that? Because I'm exercising my authority in my jurisdiction. And as long as you are in my physical proximity... That demon has no right to you, but you step outside of my proximity, and that demon's going to be all over you. 
There were people that would come to him and say, Dad, Hagen, I don't know what it is, but when I am at such peace when I'm near you. He'd go, oh, that's real simple. I don't allow demons to operate in my presence. You allow them to operate in yours. That's what he'd tell them. There was a man, I remember, he, uh, the, the man had um, diabetes, and it was bad. And Dad Hagen told him, now, of course, this is by unction of the Holy Ghost. He said, you hang around me and you get near me. He said, you stay around me long enough. And the guy noticed. He noticed that when he was around Brother Hagen, his blood sugar was normal. But when he'd get away from us, his blood sugar would shoot up. And so he asked Dad Hagen. Dad Hagen said, oh, well, that's real simple. He said, what's that? He said, I don't allow sickness to operate in my presence. He said, as long as you're near me or around me, you'll never have an issue. So he told the man, he said, you get around me and hang around me and let me teach you about healing. And once you get the revelation of healing, you'll be able to go off and, and, and keep your blood sugar down on your own. And that's exactly what happened. Why? Because the man learned he had jurisdiction over his health, over his body. Why? Because he learned that he is of God. You are of God, little children. And it, because you are simply because you are of God... Simply because you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and are a child of God, look at what's the promise. What's the promise? And have overcome them. Who's the them? Right. Demons, demonic forces, false prophets, the ones that we were just talking about. Principalities. He said... He says, simply your status of, a, of being a child of God allows you to be, to have already overcome. Well, then, Pastor, if I'm already overcome, then why am I having problems with them? Because you allow them to give you a hard time. You allow them access. And because, well, because you don't know your authority. You right. don't know who you are or you don't have confidence in who you are. Right. See, if a police officer's authority only works if he has confidence in it. That's right. If he has no confidence in it, it's not going to work. He can go, uh, hold in the name of the law. The Kirk's going to laugh at him if yeah. he doesn't just shoot him. Right. You know, if you have to have confidence in your authority. If you have confidence in the word of God, if you have confidence in who you are, you will approach the situation with confidence and power, and you will be able to stop the devil in his tracks. Mm. And I don't care if you're a preacher or just the guy that just got, got saved yesterday. Got born if you again. have that confidence, if you have that faith, you're going to be able to stand against the devil. Yeah. Why? Because you have already overcome. Not in your might, power, and ability, but simply because Jesus, who has been seated far above all principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, against all the demons... Because Jesus, who's been set above all of this, who has made his enemy his footstool, it lives and resides on the inside of you. You are as much God as the Father is God. Jesus is God as, as you are God. Not, not you, the person, but you, your spirit, has, has operating in connection with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is God. Well, now, Pastor, you're pushing buttons a little too hard. Now you're elevating yourself a little too much. Now you're getting a big head. No, I'm not getting a big head. I'm just getting in agreement with Jesus. I'm just getting in agreement with the Word of God. I'm just getting in agreement with the Holy Ghost. He said he gave us all power and authority. He said he gave it all. Over, over demons and scorpions and, and, and all that stuff. The Bible says that when Jesus sat down, 
and I came into Christ, I was sat down on the same throne. The Bible says that, that, uh, G, that Jesus gave us that all power in, in heaven and earth and under the earth, we'll look at the scripture in just a minute, was given to him. And then he told us, he said, now go out and preach and I'll go with you. See, our problem is, is we think we're out here by ourselves and maybe if we're lucky, Jesus will show up. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what we think. Be honest. If that's not what we think, that's at least the way we act. Well, maybe. I mean, Jesus, I know you told me to stand up to these demons, and I know you told me to stand up to this sickness, and I know you told me to stand up to this disease, and I can do it, but are you really going to show up? I mean, that one scripture says that you have two or three for you to be present. Well, that's in, that's in the prayer of agreement. That's not, that's not when you're out preaching and teaching. That's not when you're out living your life. Nowhere did it say, in or, nowhere in the scriptures as far as I can tell, does it say, well, if the devil's bothering you, go get you a friend so that Jesus can show up. I don't, I don't think that's in there. I'm pretty sure he said, uh, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Well, how are you going to resist the devil? You're going to command him to go. You're going to tell him to shut up in Jesus' name. You're going to say, no, you're not bringing all that on me. And this is why you have already overcome. He tells us the very answer why we've overcome. Look right here. Because, here's why you've overcome. Where are you at? Verse 4. Okay. Greater, greater is he that is in your mind. Nope. Greater no, is no. he that shows up occasionally. No. No. Greater is he that is in you, you me. me. That's right. He's already in there. You don't have to go, man, I wish this devil leave me. I wish Jesus hurry up and show up so I could do something about this devil. <laughs> Jesus is not punching a time clock, and you can only deal with the devil on Sunday mornings or when you show up at the church. That's not how Jesus operates. He's in you, the greater one. The Holy, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, the Father, they're already in you. And because, he said, because the greater one is in you, then who? Then he mean that is in the world. world. Yeah, the devil, the big, bad, mean devil. Satan himself, Lucifer, his walking the earth. To and fro, looking for whom he may devour. But you know what? You already have a built-in security system. It's called Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? He's been <laughs> defeated. He's been disarmed, too, but he's still wandering. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's still going. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Romans eight thirty-one. <laughs> Look at verse 31, Romans 8:31. What shall we <coughs> excuse me, what shall they say then or what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Listen. I don't care what you are up against. I don't care how much that devil says, fear, 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 be afraid, be afraid, don't let anybody find out. Oh, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. You need to just stand up, nice and tall, roll your shoulders back, puff out your chest, hold your chin up high, and say, Satan, shut up in the name of Jesus. 
I refuse to be in fear. I refuse. You ain't got no right to me. I belong to the child. I belong in the kingdom of God, and I operate by faith. You operate by fear, and I'm not submitting to your kingdom. Now shut up and get out. Why? Because the greater one is in you. You are one with the greater one. That's it. You win. You win. Well, I've been doing it. It ain't working because you don't believe in it. Oh, that just popped out my mouth. Uh-huh. It's not working because you don't believe it. It's not working because you are not building your faith in it. And you don't believe it because you're not building your faith. You don't believe it because you're, because you're too busy entertaining Satan's lies. You're too busy having the conversation with a liar instead of having the conversation with the spirit of truth. Because the spirit of truth will say, yep, that's the situation. It has no right to stay that way. It has no right to stay that way. It has no right. None. If you'll, if, you'll, if you'll listen to me, I'll save you years off of your walk with Christ. Seriously. If you'll listen to me, if you'll take what I tell you to do and actually apply it to your life, I will save you years of frustration. Because I have already walked this out and found it to be true. I have already had the conversations with Satan. Well, what if it's this? Well, what if it's that? Or what if, what if this doesn't work? Or, or I've commanded it to go and it hasn't gone. And this and I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've done it. I've walked into the church and said, I'm coming for a healing. I'm coming for healing and I am not leaving that church until I get my healing. And I'd walk out of the church in more pain than I walked in in. Why? Because my faith got challenged and I quit. Because if I had said, I guarantee you, if I had walked in and said, and everybody's turning out the lights and they said, what are you still doing here? I told Lord, I ain't leaving until I get my healing. You're just going to have to lock me in here or something. We're going to have to praise or something because I'm not leaving until I have it. Then there's been times that I received it in the prayer line. I mean instantly. I felt it healed just like this. Bam. Just like this. Got it. Just like that. Felt it immediately. Felt good for two or three days. I mean it was good. And then here come the pain. And immediately I opened the mouth and said, oh, I guess it only worked a little. Guess what? Bam. Here comes Satan with the package. Done it. Done it. Commanded the pain to go. Pain go in Jesus' name. Pain go in Jesus' name. Pain go in Jesus' name. You know what that spirit of pain said? You didn't believe it the first time you said it, and you didn't believe it the 70th time you said it. And you know what that demon? Well, you know what? That time it was the truth. Because I didn't believe it. But when I said, oh, oh, that's the problem? All right. Well, I know, what, I know how to get in faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By his stripes, I was healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. I have been redeemed from the curse. I got over into meditating on the word, saying the word, saying the word, saying the word, until it dropped down on the inside of me, and I went, and, and it, it rolled up out of my spirit, and I said, spirit, or I said, pain, in the name of Jesus, go, and don't you return. I haven't had, a pain, I haven't had that pain a day since. 
Not, not a day. Not a single day since. Now, I've had several marvelous opportunities to take the pain back. You understand what I'm saying? I've had lots of opportunity to take it back, but I've refused every opportunity. Now, I'm not taking that pain. I'm not receiving that. I'm a child of God in in spirit of pain. You've already been whipped. Spirit of sickness, you've already been whipped. Spirit of poverty, you've already been whipped. No, we're not doing this. No, we're not doing this. Why? Because God is for me, and therefore none of this that's trying to come against me can stand. None of it. Go to Matthew 28. Jesus is on the inside of me. The, 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 the Spirit of God is on the inside of me. And all power is given on to him. Verse 18. And it came to pass. Go ahead, honey. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All the power in all of the heavens and all of the power in all of the earth. That includes under the earth where, where Satan abides. All power and authority has been given to the Spirit, to to Jesus, and His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, lives and resides on the inside of you, or if you are a born-again believer. Which means all power in heaven and all power in the earth resides on the inside of us. We're not trying to get the power. We We already have the power. And then He said... And so once he said, I have all this power, he said, go therefore. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So really what he said was go sit in your room and, and pout in fear. No. Go, go hide and have conversations with the devil. Absolutely not. Is that what it said? No. He said all the power in heaven and earth belongs to me. Therefore, Go. Therefore, go. Go and do what? Go and teach all nations or all people. Well, I don't have a pulpit. You don't need a pulpit to teach. I taught more people from living uh, my lifestyle as a believer before I was ever in a ministry. Simply living my life. used to freak people out when I worked over here at Walmart. Because they have those, you know, if you've paid any attention to retail, those people can't do anything without that little zappy gun they got. It's got all the invoices and all that in there. I mean, you can't get nothing done without that thing. So, you know, of course you have it attached to your hip the whole time you're at work, but you're doing stuff. And and at that point, now they're the little palm handheld, but at that time it was the big clunky guns. And and uh, so you had the big clunky gun, and you couldn't always keep it on your hand or on your body. It just got obnoxious. So you you just set it down and get to going and doing stuff. And then you'd have to find it, and it just blended in all the time because you'd set it in stupid places, especially working in apparel. You'd set it on the inside of a rack or up on a shelf somewhere and what have you. And so it, 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 we spent probably a third of our day looking for the stupid talisman gun, and I got annoyed with it. So I just started applying what I do at home. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you set the talisman gun before my eyes right where I set it. Just turn my mind's eye to it, cause the angels to go get it and place it in plain sight. And I thank you for it. And I turn around and go, there it is. Thank you, Lord. Beep, 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 beep. Back to work. Ten, fifteen minutes later, I go through the whole process again. 
it got so much to the point that I'd start to pray. Father, can you cause the angels to go? And I, thank you, Lord. And I didn't care who was around. I didn't care who was around. It got to the point that they'd come to me. Can you pray for my talisman gun? <laughs> they did. I've, I've set my talisman gun. Can you, can you do? They said, can you do that thing you do? I said, yeah, I can do it. I said, better yet, I can teach you to do it so it'll work for you when I'm not here. They go, really? And I said, yeah, I'll teach you how to do it. So then we're going through inventory. I got a bunch of people back there going, Lord Jesus, where's our towels? I'm going, can you take show that to us? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I mean, come on. You can teach by your lifestyle. You can teach by your lifestyle. It works for keys and wallets, too. Works for keys, works for wallets, <laughs> works for everything under the sun. It works for life. It even works for your missing animals. It works for everything, as long as you build your faith in it. He's go teach. I had people, I had one lady that I worked with, and uh, she was going out on, she, she retired, and, but she was going to go have some medical work done. And uh, it was her last day, and I was coming in, and she was going out. And, uh, and she, she stopped me on my way, and I was rushing in because I was going to be late. And she, and she called me down. She said, Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. I said, I said, hey, honey, I know it's your last day. I'm so sorry. I'm late. Let me give you a quick hug and say goodbye. And she said, wait, wait, I need you. She said, are you, are you running late for your shift? I said, yeah. She said, you go clock in and, 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 and come right back here after you get clocked in. I probably shouldn't say this on live, but oh well. I done left. And I said, are you, I said, well, I gotta get, she said, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. If anybody gives you a fuss, you tell them to come see me. Oh, okay, whatever. So I went to her and I said, I saw, I clocked in real quick. And shot back around the corner to her and I said what is it what do you need and she said well I didn't want you to get in trouble for being late she said but you know I've retired now and I said right and she said and you know I'm fixing to go have surgery right and I said yeah I understand that she said I know you're a woman of faith if you'll pray for me I know everything will be well for me I said well yes ma'am I said let's do it right here she said right here I said right here and I just grabbed her right there in action alley grabbed her hands and prayed over her go teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the, in the name of the Father. How much you know this baptism means get them saved? Get them saved. This is salvation baptism. Get them saved. And actually, if, you, if, if you're getting them saved and there's a body of water nearby, a bathtub or something, and they want to get water baptized, you've, you're perfectly welcome to water baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. I mean, just do it. And then you put a colon. Which means what I'm fixing to say is completely attached to what I just said. Let's look at what he said next. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. How do you teach them to observe all things? You observe it. Yep. You observe it. And then you say, this is what I do. That's how you teach them. And notice he said, he didn't say teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded them. He said teaching them to do all things that I have commanded You. you. So when you come into Christ, you've got to start being a doer of the word. There's another colon. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. This means that when you're teaching and preaching, God will be with you. But it also means that when you are following his commands, he is also with you. One of the biggest lies that the devil tells new believers is you can't do it. You can't be a doer of the word. You cannot successfully do what God tells you to do. You're going to mess it up. You're going to fail. You're not, you don't, you're not smart enough. You're not capable enough. You don't have enough ability. You just can't do it. That's the biggest lie Satan will ever, will ever tell you. Because right here, Jesus said, do whatever I've commanded you to do, 
and I will be with you. The one that has already done it all is in you, with you, helping you to do it. He's already with you. He's already with you. That's what Emmanuel means. That's why we have it on our wall. God who is with you. That's what his name means. Emmanuel. God is with you. God is with you. And when you speak from an authority standpoint, it's not you speaking, but it's, 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 it's your voice. It's his authority. Did you catch that? It's your voice, but it's his authority. When you put his word in your mouth, it's just exactly the same as if the Father God spoke it himself. It's just exactly the same as Jesus saying that the words I speak, I've heard the Father speak. So the words that we've heard Jesus speak through the word, we can say them with the same authority that Jesus said it. Glory to God. Well... I believe there's more to it than what the Lord has led me. You got something more to add on? Oh, just a couple of scriptures that go along with it. Uh, Mark 6, verse 7 says, And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. So he gave them authority over the unclean spirits as he sent his disciples, the twelve, forth. And we're, we're we're, we're learning to be his disciples so that we can have the same power. But, but he sent them out two by two, and I don't have somebody to go with. Ask the Lord. Believe the Lord. Believe the Lord for somebody. Be, be willing and be obedient to where the Lord sends you. He'll put somebody in your path. Every time I got an assignment from God, there was somebody that was like right there with me that God said, I'm sending them out with you. I'm sending them with you. Oh, wow, that's awesome. But before I found out that God had somebody to go with me, I had to commit and make the step to go. I had to make the Now, there's times now that the Lord will send me somewhere, and I'll go by myself because the Lord told me to go by myself. But in this particular incident, he sent them out two by two. That doesn't mean that's the way it has to go. In fact, if you go through the book of Acts, you'll find out that many times the disciples were by themselves. Many times. And then again... Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, two by two. It's so you can go, oh, this does work. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? Well, that was the first time he ever sent them out, so right. they needed the confidence boost. Right. All right, so, and also in Mark uh, 16, verse 15, he said, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Glory to God. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Yes. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Glory they shall to take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, doesn't say go drink deadly things. Yeah, there's a big if. if. It shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Glory to God. So these are, these are all signs that he's given us his authority. He's given us this power that he had. Glory to God. We just have to believe it. Glory to God. Pardon? Oh, uh, that was uh, that was Mark, Mark 16, 16, verse 15 through 18. Glory to God. So um, the the takeaway today is is develop develop a, an understanding that God is with you, that God is with you. Develop an intimate knowledge of His voice, so that you're not deceived. You know, we've been we've been walking very diligently with the Lord for 23 years, which 
considering the people were around as just teeny tiny babies. We're just little babies in this. Uh, but in that amount of time, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count all the people that I have seen that have been deceived and taken out of fellowship with God by false spirits. So you really need to learn. You really need to learn to recognize, to know the spirit of God, to know his character, and to know, because the more you know God, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. The more you know God, the more you will know who you are. That's by the Holy Ghost. You need to write that down. The more you know God, the more you know his character, the more you know his personality, the more intimate of a relationship you have with him, the more you will know and understand who you are. Why? Because you're his child. You're his creation. You're his creation. And not only are you his child in his creation, but he resides in you. And he's the one that, and his character is in you. So the more you know God, the more you will know yourself. So if you're trying to figure out who am I, get to know God. Literally. literally. You know, who, who's the real me? Get to know God, and he'll reveal it to you. I mean, he will. And he desires to reveal to you who you truly are. Because i got news for you. You are not who the world says you are. Amen. You're not. You're not the loser. You're not the mistake. You're not the failure. You're not the brainiac. You're not the sports athlete. You are not who the world says you are. You're not the mistake. You are not who the world says you are. You are who God created you to be. And in order to find out who that is, you've got to get to know the creator. Glory to God. Zach, if you'll come on tonight. Thank you, Father. You want to bless the tithes and the offerings? Amen. Lord, we thank you for this word that we've received. We thank you that it falls on good ground and that it will grow and bear fruit in our lives as we meditate on your word throughout the week and we think about the things that you have taught us and, and, and showed us how to draw closer to you and to be more like you and to become truly your disciples. Lord, we just love that, that you have given everything to us and and we, we love who you are, and we just love you, and we want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven. So we give into your kingdom with a generous heart, with a grateful heart. And, Lord, we just thank you, and we ask that you bless this offering, that it go further than we could ever ask, hope, or thank towards the doing of your work here on this earth. And, Lord, we ask that you bless us in return, that we can be a bigger blessing for you, Lord, and for your kingdom. Oh, Satan, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. We will stop you. We, are, we will stand against you in the authority of Jesus' name. Yes, we do. Thank you, Father. Satan, we do bind you in Jesus' mighty name. And angels, we loose you according to the word of God. Go and minister to the heirs of salvation according to the riches and glory of God by Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for the provision and the safety you provided to us by your angels and their ministering works. Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is working in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. Thank you. You can serve the people. Glory to God. Well, uh, we'll be back Friday night for prayer at 6. The praise team will do practice right after that. And then Sunday morning we'll do service at 10. 
and then we'll do prayer at 5.30 and uh, prayer for the sick at 5.30 and then prayer and healing school at 6.00.